You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, listeners. Welcome back for another podcast. Today, we have with us Jessie Lynn from Ottawa. She is a mental health and well-being coach, and she has a really interesting story as to how it is that she became involved with the mental health and well-being coaching business and how she's helping so many people now. She was a long-term government worker in management and uh, found that over time, she was getting some anxiety and her quality of life was going down. And she came across this mental health and well-being sector and loved it so much that she decided this is where she needed to be working. And right now she's doing something that is so amazing. It is a national project. It is called My Mental Health Rocks. And uh, it was, I believe, started in the UK and she's brought it to Canada. She'll tell us more about that. So welcome to the show with me, please, Jesse Lynn McDonald. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. Before we get started, I just want to mention your website and your Facebook page. So if people want to look you up while we're talking, they're able to do that. It is jessielennmcdonald.com. And I am going to spell that J-E-S-S-I-E. L-Y-N-N-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. So Jesse with an I-E, Lynn with two N's and McDonald with an M-A-C. JessieLynnMcDonald.com. And on Facebook, J-L McDonald. So M-A-C, Donald Coaching on Facebook. So you'll find her there at J-L McDonald Coaching. And uh, I'm so excited to talk to you about many different things that you've got on the go right now. You've got a podcast called The CPR of Life, which I'm encouraging all my listeners to check out as well. And um, maybe you just start where you want to start with how you became involved in all of this and and, uh, how it's transformed your life. Wow, that's a that's, that's a big question. Yes. Uh, or, uh, yeah. So yeah, so I was working in the government. I had been in the government working. My background is sociology and psychology, and I was managing social research projects within the government. And very secure job, great you know, great pension, great benefits, great pay. But my quality of life, I'm a single parent. At the time, my parents were hoping to move closer, and my mom has some health issues, and. I just, I felt like I was going through the motions, but I actually wasn't living. Like I had to drop my son off to daycare by seven to get downtown to everything was rushed. I'd pick him up. I couldn't do like stay overtime at work. I, you know, I had to pick him up by a certain time to get home to have like, everything was just so rushed. And I started to have anxiety and that anxiety started to grow and grow. And I was also dealing with something called trigeminal neuralgia, which is it feels like a baseball bat's been taken to your face. It, it's a very, um, I had never heard of it before. It's a neurological, I don't know if it's, if I would say disease or not. And I just, I reached a breaking point. There was things happening at work. There was things happening in my personal life. And I just, I was drowning in not enoughness in every area. I felt mm-hmm. like I was just skimming the surface. So I took a leave from work and I was dealing with the medical issues and I came across an understanding of kind of how our human operating system works and it completely changed everything for me, particularly to do with the anxiety. So much so that I completely, I left my job in the government. My parents were dealing with some health issues and I chose to really focus on quality of life. And so I trained in this and 
I started working in that. And that's kind of how I came to be where I am now. Wow. That is a big, brave story. <laughs> you know, so often we get caught up in that routine of, you know, this is what I do at seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Yeah. And eat, sleep, work, repeat. Yeah. Right? And, you know, like it was a big leap to leave a secure job to kind of go into un- unknown territories for me. It's not one that a lot, a lot of people were kind of shocked when I made the decision, but I, it's something I've never looked back from. Wonderful. Now you said something and I missed one of the words. You said that you learned an understanding of how the human... How our human operating system works. Like operating kind of, system. Okay. Yes. Can you tell so, us more about that? Yeah. So basically what that is just kind of, it's how our, how our human experience works. So we live through... So when we have a feeling, our feeling comes via thought mm-hmm. in the moment and our thoughts are constantly changing and we're not ever our feelings. We're not ever our experience. It's just So when you see the power of thought and you see the transitory nature of thought, And you really understand that it just changed everything for me, particularly when I was really kind of dancing with a lot of anxious thinking and I was caught up in that. And I I really embraced it as if that's who I was rather than that's just kind of where my thoughts were in that particular time. You know, it is so true to recognize a thought as just a thought, but as you know, they do connect, the thoughts do connect with these feelings, the feelings that connecting with the behaviors, and it's just this, mm-hmm. this ongoing loop. Yes. So once you, so, so just if you're giving a tip to our listeners, so once you identify, say you identify a thought that you're having fairly regularly that you're not enjoying, Yeah. what kind of things can you do to change that? Don't engage with it. Often, like we take our thoughts too seriously. Like we have hundreds of, like, I can't remember what they say. Is it 60,000 thoughts, 100,000 thoughts a day? Mm -hmm. So, but we're the ones who kind of take one down and engage with it. So what I say is, let's, an example that I, I often give in my workshops is, Say something's happening with my son and my son does something and it makes me feel frustrated. It's not what my son does that makes me feel frustrated. It's the story that I've engaged with about what he's done. So that's the kind of the filter that has to go through. So now what I do is if I have a particularly strong feeling about something, I kind of check in what's the thoughts that I'm having around this particular experience. And it kind of, it's empowering, but it also makes me accountable. And it's like, let's take road rage. You can be driving one day and you can get really, really annoyed when someone cuts you off if you're in a rush, if there's something, you know, if you're kind of caught up in a lot of stuff in your head versus another day when you're not in a rush and just kind of driving along and someone cuts you off, you just be like, oh, you know, he's in a rush. It's always the filter of our own minds. So the tip that I would give is that don't take your thoughts really seriously. Know that it'll pass if you don't really engage with it. Okay. So, so not to put all of the feeling and the emotion behind it then. Yeah. Because I mean, you're going to have like, you know, whatever thoughts you have, you're going to have, it's like the two sides of a coin. You're going to have the feeling that will accompany that. But knowing that you don't have to take action on that thought or feeling, if you kind of just let it be, it will pass and a fresh thought will come along. That's Mm -hmm. why often like people, you know, like you have your good ideas when you're in the shower or when you're on vacation, when you go for a walk, it's because you're really not engaging heavily with the thoughts. Right. And that makes a lot of sense to me as well. So one thing that I like to share a lot with is a quote from Louise Hay, and she says, it's just a thought and a thought can be changed. Mm-hmm. And so just keeping that in mind too. And, and when I'm scaring myself, because we do that with our thoughts as well, right? Yes. We scare ourselves. <laughs> when I scare myself, I do remind myself 
first of all, that I am scaring myself. And secondly, that it is just a thought and a thought can be changed. So the thing with the repetitive thought, you know, like we talked about those 60,000 thoughts a day, many of those are repetitive thoughts. And again, with the teachings of uh, Abraham, he, they talk about how a belief is a thought you keep thinking. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you believe that as well? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So let's just use an example. Let's stick with the road rage. So I think some people really believe that, you know, other drivers out there are kind of out to get them, right? You know, mm-hmm. that it's every man for themselves. And uh, I've been a passenger a lot with someone who has road rage. Wow. And uh, so he would, thankfully, I don't, I'm not a passenger any longer, <laughs> but he would just be like angry at them all the time and assuming that everything was done on purpose in a sneaky way. Right. So that would be an example of a thought that he kept thinking that became a belief. Yeah. And that's a story that he's telling himself, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. another driver who's telling him that story because somebody else in a different vehicle might have a different perspective of that, you know, the driver who's not driving well. Mm-hmm. But that's a story that he keeps engaging with. Yeah. Yeah. That no one knows how to drive except for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everybody out there is an yeah. idiot driver. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because you wonder sometimes, like, say somebody cuts you off and you might, you know, think a whole lot of, you know, words in your head about that particular person. But then what if you found out that that person was rushing to the hospital because someone that they loved was dying, you know? Mm -hmm. Would your feelings and your perspective change? Yes. And that's the thing is it's a, we always filter through our own personal lens and that's the thing where it's like, it's a wonderful thing to check in. Yes. What's the story that's kind of, I'm engaged with right now? Yes. And knowing that you can change that story, you know, you can... You can say a, an, an affirmation or a prayer for that person or just a positive thought for that person, like going, yes, yes. you know, you and, love. yeah. And making that your new habit, how much more enjoyable would that be for you as the oh, driver Yes, than yeah. getting to work, <laughs> mad at the world, complaining yeah. about it for the first hour that you're there, <laughs> yeah. then instead if you were just chill, either way, you're still going to get there at the same time. Well, right? that's exactly, you know, and it's kind of one of these things where often, like I'll say to some of my clients, it's like, what feels better in your body? If you mm-hmm. sit there and you, if you kind of engage with angry thought, you're going to feel that anger and tenseness in your body versus, okay, that person's an idiot. They cut me off, you know, hope they get to where they're going, you know, Mm -hmm. and versus like leaving it at that. And it's funny how we actually get to choose the energy that we sit in, but you know, we don't often take responsibility or ownership for that. Yes, absolutely. You know, what's coming to my mind is those times when we, maybe we have a conversation with a coworker or a boss or a friend or a relative, whatever. And after it's over, you know, we are irritated and we think of all the things that we wish we would have said. Uh And and so we just keep replaying that conversation over and over in our mind. And I know I've done this. I'm guilty of this, where something that would have annoyed me for 30 minutes, I'll replay. I'll just push repeat for three days. Yeah. Right? And so for three days, I'm agitated and irritated and, you know, rewriting that dialogue in my mind, how I wish it would have went, which brings me absolutely no joy or satisfaction. And I can yes. probably pretty much guarantee you that the other person doesn't even know what I'm talking about at this point. <laughs> yeah. right? They've moved on. <laughs> they have moved on and it is not affecting them at all. <laughs> and uh, so I really want to encourage the listeners to just be mindful of your thought. Yeah. And when you catch yourself getting upset or having an emotional response to something, do what Jesse Lynn said and ask yourself, what's my story with this? What's behind and, this? 
you know, you can have a bad moment and that's okay because we're all human, right? Mm -hmm. But don't let it be a bad day. You know, like sometimes when people say, oh, I've had a bad day. Have you really had a bad day or have you had a bad five minutes? Yes. Oh, and so often we do that on a Monday too. We'll be like, oh, Oh, it's Monday. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. So I do this with my son because sometimes he'll be like, oh, I don't want to go to school. Mondays suck. I hate Mondays. And I'm like, really? And again, I do that whole thing with the energy. It's like, how does that feel in your body when you say that? And it doesn't, like, it just feels heavy and yucky. And I'm like, versus, huh, it's Monday, you know, fresh week. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen this week. How does that feel? It feels a little bit lighter. So you get to choose which energy you want to be in. But I don't know, for me, I'd rather be in the one that feels better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a great little tip for when you do come across somebody who is in that uh, really negative headspace with their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions and their words. And instead of, you know, instead of projecting and being like, oh, you know, I don't like so-and-so, they're, they're always cranky or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just being in that space, just to simply say to yourself in that moment, I'm so grateful I don't live in that headspace. Yeah. And yeah. just, you know, once you make a habit of that, you know, whether it's, a cranky teller at the grocery store or whatever it is. Just, I'm so thankful that I don't live in that headspace because we all do have that choice. We have that choice and they just could be having a bad day, you know, mm-hmm. or a bad moment yeah. or they have, gr- like I say, they have grumpy goggles on right now. Just because <laughs> they have grumpy goggles on, that doesn't mean we need to take a pair and put them on. It's just like going to a 3D movie, you know? Yeah. We can change our experience by the goggles that we're wearing. Oh my goodness. I love that. I'm going to just repeat that again for the listeners. So, you know, maybe the other person has their grumpy goggles on and that doesn't mean that we have to put ours on as well. And I'm glad that you mentioned the goggles and the lens because so often I find that, you know, we can have the same experience, but we see it through a different lens. And um, we were talking prior to the show and I do workshops as do you. And one of the things that I'll do in one, in my workshops is I'll put on a pair of tinted sunglasses, you know, that are tinted yellow or green yeah. or something. And it changes everything. You know, if somebody's wearing yeah. a white blouse, then it becomes green or, uh, you know, it just, it changes my perception of things. Yeah. And so knowing that you, the listener, you have the power to change your perception of things just by changing out those goggles mentally. Yeah, yeah. And just knowing, like there's some days when I just have grumpy goggles on and I'll say to my son, you know what, I just have grumpy goggles on right now. But (laughs) you know what, half an hour later, 10 minutes later, two minutes later, I could be laughing about something and I've totally forgotten about the grumpy goggles, you know, and that's yeah. the thing. That's the beautiful thing about life is it's so fluid and like things are never always going to be up and they're never always going to be down. That's life is, is to go through the motion of both. Well, and I love what you shared too about how we don't have to carry it on for the day or the hour. We no. can just carry it for the moment yeah. or yeah. whatever it might be. Can you tell us more about My Mental Health Rocks? Yes, it's an amazing campaign. So it was started by two of my colleagues in the UK, Julie Brown and Leanne McDonald. And we all kind of work, we've been working with kids and with schools. And one of the kind of the stumbling blocks often is funding. So they had come up with a way to kind of that we could bring a workshop to schools for free, fully funded. And so they launched the campaign and within a month in the UK, I think they had 850 schools like signed up for it. Wow. And so basically what it is, is there's a magazine, Kids Being Kind, that any profits from that go to fund the workshops. We get sponsorships or people can, you know, contribute. 
So I took the lead to bring the campaign to Canada. It hasn't been, it's, it's been a challenge, I have to say. It's Canada's vast. There's many different school boards. There's many different, like, you know, the provincial differences. Mm-hmm. But it's an amazing campaign. And it's basically where there's one for younger kids, like five to 10 years old, maybe six to 10 years old. And then there's a teen workshop. And the whole premise of it, and it's behind all of our teaching, is that you're never broken. And you're never lacking. It's helping uncover that within children and teens. So it's amazing. It it really is. And it's one of the things where, you know, we talk about all within you, the resilience, creativity, confidence, calm and wisdom. And we, we say that for younger kids, we'll say it's your superpower. And so we do, it's very engaging. It's very interactive where we have a lot of conversation and we do some activities. And it's really, it's an amazing workshop. Oh, that's so good to hear. And so important for, you know, young people and teenagers to really have that positive, positive information. And, you know, the thing is, is that as we all probably remember, we heard things in our teen years that we didn't always put to use right away, Uh but we stored it in there. And, uh, you know, somewhere in the back of our mind, we knew that piece. We remember those words, you know, I am never broken. I am never lacking. And uh, I am enough and I am lovable. All of those things, you know, they store in there, whether we put them into action right away or not. So this is hugely important work that you're doing. And I feel blessed. I truly feel blessed. The campaign is amazing. The premise behind it is amazing. The passion is amazing. And, you know, when you get to sit and have conversations with kids in the teen workshops, it's, it's nice because there's a little bit more conversation. And what teens are growing up with now, we didn't grow up with the social media and, you know, like so many different things. So it's amazing just to sit and have conversations and to see the spark in them when they get it. Well, and the fact too that you're providing that safe space for them to to look within. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And so would people go just to your personal website to find out more information about that? There's My Mental Health Rocks Canada. There's a Facebook page, My Mental Health Rocks, and also My Mental Health Rocks Canada. And there's a website, My Mental Health Rocks. And on that site, there's a Canadian link on there. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Well, I know for me personally, I am very interested in learning more about that. And uh, I think it's such important work. And really, how many of you listening just wish you to know some of the things that you know now when you were a teenager? It's just so important to have that foundation. And for many people, for many teenagers, it will be the first time that they've heard these concepts. Yeah. You know, and it's for everybody that I've trained with and the conversations that I have, all of us always say, we wish we would have had this understanding as when we were younger, because it would have changed so much. Mm -hmm. But the universe brings it to you when it brings it to you. And that's, you know, I, I feel blessed. I feel incredibly blessed to live the life I lead, to have the conversations I have. I volunteer with a group of women and children who've been trafficked in Asia I get to have conversations with them about this. Everything that I, it's just, it's, it's, I'm a very fortunate person to do what I do. Well, and clearly your life experience has prepared you for this work as well. And because uh, I know I say, I often say what you say as well. I wish I'd had known some of these things when I was younger, yeah. um, but then I would have made different decisions, which True. would have probably taken me down an easier road, but wouldn't have put me where I am today. And I love the life I have today, as I'm sure many listeners do. But I think what is important to note is that when you do learn this 
information or be exposed to this information as a teenager, what happens is it builds up your self-worth, your self-image, your self-esteem. And then as a young man or a young woman in your early 20s, you're making much better decisions. That's how important the work that you are doing is. Yeah. You know, and one of the other things that I love chatting about with kids and adults actually is making mistakes as part of growth, you know, Mm -hmm. and the choices. Sometimes we we can look back and think, oh, I would have made a better choice. And that's what I've done often. But, you know, that making a choice that I did helped me grow in, in different ways. And that's the thing is that I know with my son, sometimes I think, gosh, I want to do this and this to protect him. But, you know, he's going to go on his own journey and, and make mistakes. And he's going to learn from that and grow from that. And, and uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and I get the wanting to protect them. One thing that I have noticed as a parent of kids who are now 30-somethings is that, you know, the more I did try to protect and shield and save and all of those yeah. things that we think we're going to do, the more damage I did, right? Yeah. I mean, these are young men who are perfectly capable of taking care yes. of themselves no matter what they get themselves into. And uh, so, you know, I think that's really important too to remember what you said, making mistakes is part of growth yeah. and to allow those around us to have the freedom to make those mistakes and not feel like we need to be controlling everything. And for them to know that making mistakes is part of being human. There's not one human on this planet who hasn't yes. made a mistake. You yes. Know? Yeah. And part of, and I love that, you know, that expression, part of being human, because that's something that I'm embracing too. It's like, oh, well, I'm just in my humanness right now. You know, for example, if I am having a moment on the road where somebody cut me off, okay, that was me being human. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? You just, you have grumpy goggles on or you have angry goggles on or you have whatever goggles on. Yeah. And then just let it be, let it be. Yeah. That's me. I got them on. And then, you know, because it's an entirely different experience. If you think, well, why do I have grumpy goggles on? And what am I going to do about it? and I shouldn't be this way, you know, and that just, we just keep that energy going versus just being like, yeah, I have grumpy goggles on right now. Yes. I love that. It's such a great visual. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Such a great visual. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast before we sign off today? I'd like for people to hear more about your podcast. Yeah, so it's been on hold for since I took the campaign on, but it's just CPR of life means the CPR is connection, potential, and resilience of human beings. Oh, connection, potential, resilience. Yes. So, and that's basically the CPR of life. That's what it's about. That's what it's about for me and my conversation. So I've just, I've been chatting with different people and, and kind of our conversations are based around kind of one of those general areas. And I think it's so important, the connection part of it. Um, often a lot of my clients are feeling disconnected or isolated. And and I didn't realize the power of connection. And now I work with clients all over the world. And you can have such an amazing connection. Like I said, the girls that I work with who've been trafficked, when it was first approached to me to do that, I was like, I don't think that's going to work. It's been the most significant thing I've done in my life to date. It's incredible. So that's what it's about is really kind of cultivating that and talking about that and, and highlighting it in people's lives. And like you say, I just love talking to people. People are amazing. And so I'm going to be getting, the, the show will be coming back in the next month. So I'm looking forward to those conversations again. Awesome. Well, and people can get on there and look at already pre-recorded episodes yep. of the podcast yep. as well. So is it The CPR of Life or CPR yes. of Life? The, the CPR, CPR of life. life. Yeah. And it's on iTunes. Wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. Well, 
You know, I asked you prior to the show, if you had one motivational tip to share with the listeners, what would that be? And, and you said, embrace your greatness. Yes. Can, you, can you tell me a little bit more about what that means? It's, we have so much within us. I spent a lot of my life thinking is that my worth, my success, my happiness, everything came from external things. And it really comes from within. And when you own that and embrace that, and there's so much within each individual person that is so unique and so amazing just for who they are. And when you embrace that, nobody can do you like you can. So just you do you. And that's what it's really about is yes. embracing oh, that. I love that. You do you. you embrace yes. your greatness. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Jesse Lynn. And again, your information is jessielynnmcdonald.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-L-Y-N-N-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. Your podcast is The CPR of Life. Your Facebook page is J.L. McDonald Coaching. And mm -hmm. also just to, I'm really going to encourage the listeners to check out My Mental Health Rocks yeah. uh, from whatever country you're listening in. It sounds like they have an international website. So check that out as well, because that is hugely important work. And uh, I always like to end the show with a motivational quote. And so I just want to stick with the ones that we've already talked about today. And that was, so Abraham Hicks is a belief is a thought you keep thinking. And Louise Hay is... It's just a thought and a thought can be changed. And uh, I'm going to sneak one more in there too. And uh, it was from one of my favorite people, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he used to always say, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I think that's so yeah. relevant to what we talked about today. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being on the show, Jesse Lynn. And uh, I look forward to uh, checking out your episodes on your podcast, The CPR of Life, and uh, continuing to watch and and just be in awe of all the amazing things that you're doing in this world. Thank you, Victoria. We look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you for joining us today. It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next time.